This is the Mayor Greg Fisher Podcast. I'm Graham Shelby. I work in the mayor's office. Most of the time, journalists interview elected officials, like the mayor. Today, we're turning the tables. The Courier-Journal's Sheldon Schaefer has been a reporter in Louisville since 1973. He's written about 25,000 stories and covered city government as well as some of the biggest events in the city's recent history. Sheldon is retiring this week, so we asked him to come in for one last interview with Mayor Fisher, only this time the mayor will be asking the questions. Sheldon Schaefer, I cannot tell you what a delight it is to sit down here with you in your last week at The Courier, and you are what a journalist is, a professional and a wonderful human being. So I just want to thank you before we get started here. Thank you. Well, you arrived at The Courier Journal in 1973. What do you remember about the city back then? What was it like? Well, I arrived, I think, at a time that was uh, when the city was kind of riding high. Uh, a couple of the downtown office towers had been fairly newly completed, PNC, what's now the PNC Tower and the First National Tower. Uh, and 4th Street had been paved over. It was then called River City Mall. It was a great experience. Uh, I think time proved that uh, it was not a good idea to do it. And uh, but it was an interesting time, especially uh, in down in uh, downtown activity and stuff that was going on at the time. Uh, the riverfront was a mess. Uh, it, uh, it was junkyards, scrapyards, uh, and it was not a very place conducive to uh, activity. But so a lot has changed in the last forty-five years. Well, how, what how's it different today? What what sticks out? Well, today, um, well, even as we speak, as you well know, and you had a, you had a hand in it, uh, and so as did your predecessors. Uh, there's an awful lot going on right now, like two billion dollars worth of new construction uh, in the pipeline, and uh, the convention center is being rebuilt, and that is a prompt, and that has spawned an awful lot of activity in in uh, the hospitality related uh, industry, hotels. Uh, restaurants and that sort of thing are just kind of growing like wildfire. Yeah. So it's an interesting time, and uh, I'm leaving at a time when I think uh, better times are around the corner. Yeah, $2 billion downtown, $11 billion in the whole city. Yeah. What about bourbonism? Are you, have you tuned into bourbonism? Uh, I think you well know that uh, that's high on the list of uh, things that attract people to this city, and uh, it seems to be a growing and burgeoning business. You've covered a lot of construction projects from announcement to opening, uh, what have been the most impressive to you here in the city? Well, I, from a personal standpoint, uh, projects that I really followed from start to finish, you know, going back many, many years, would maybe mention the Kentucky Center for the Arts, yeah. uh, which uh, took up a prime, occupies a prime corner in the heart of downtown. Uh, the Humana Building, of course, was a great exercise in uh, architecture and design. Uh, course the more recently the yum center uh, papa john's uh, a lot of the activity at the uh, kentucky exposition center uh the new the the perhaps the latest and most ambitious project is a renovation expansion of the convention center all of the above it's just been a, an interesting time to cover a lot of interesting projects have there been any projects that you thought didn't have a chance but ended up succeeding uh, I think more so there were some several projects that I thought might succeed that ended up being uh, pretty much dismal failures, much to my chagrin. Uh, 
I think I would put at the top of the list the Louisville clock, which I have spent many, many hours writing about. It's always kind of a personal favorite of mine. Uh, I always kind of admired Barney Clock, but the, Barney Bright, I'm sorry, but uh, who who designed the contraption, but uh, it never really caught on. It, it had a lot of things going for it, but it just never seemed really to make a permanent workable uh, piece of equipment. Uh, Adam Burkle and a lot of and a couple of his associates spent a lot of time trying to fix it, and I think it's now dismantled and uh, sitting in a warehouse in the West End someplace waiting to for your administration to find a place to put it. Well, if you'll recall, I asked you if you wanted to put it in your front yard. And I said, uh, I appreciate your offer, but I'm going to pass on that. Thank All you the love much. and affection you showed All for it over the affection. years, but not for your yeah. yard. Thank you very much. Okay, that's another story. The um, There's been a lot of characters run through this town over the years. Any big personalities that stick out to you? Well, yeah, of course. Uh, you can't be in this business for 45 years without coming across one uh, memorable person or two. Uh, one of my favorites, although he hated me, was a gentleman named Al Schneider, the man who built the Gall House and uh, a few other things around town. Uh, Al had a reputation as being a bit of a curmudgeon. Uh, I wrote a story early on in my career and uh, when he was probably in the late 70s, and he did not like it, and he offended. He was offended by it, although I stand by it, and he said, Sheldon, don't ever call me again. And for 30 or 40 years, I respected that. But finally, I, one time around Thanksgiving, I finally thought, well, I really need to call this guy. So I did call him, and he finally came to the phone, and he said, Sheldon, I got two things to say to you. One, I wish you a Merry Christmas, and two, go blank yourself. <laughs> well, he always. And that was the last time I talked. Yeah, he always but, called it the but way it interestingly, was. But uh, interestingly, his family did uh, ask me a couple days before his death to write his obituary. And so that was. I was glad to do that, and I think I wrote a fair piece on the gentleman. And he did a lot for Louisville. I, I wouldn't be the first to acknowledge that. Right, and his ha- his heirs still do to this day. So yeah. the the news industry's changed a lot about these years. I, I wonder sometimes what actually is news. Uh, it's changed so much, but you have been a staple of what professionalism is in news, in media. Uh, what are your observations on what's taken place during your lifetime? Well, it's an industry that's uh, rapidly changing, and uh, the the more the time passes, the faster it changes, it seems. Uh, I was <clears throat> born and bred to be a print journalist, I think, to, uh, to find out stories that maybe find out information that maybe other people had not found out yet and to tell people about it. Uh, the one thing I always liked about print journalism is that you could write a story, send it across to your editors, and, and then wake up the next morning and walk out on your door and pick up the newspaper and see whether you got an A, a B, a C, or a D on the story, where they played it, and uh, what kind of headline it got. Uh, Those days are kind of gone now and maybe probably forever because it's it's all the the industry is focused almost uh, entirely on digital product with uh, print journalism kind of getting a backseat Young people are not reading like they like their forebears did, and uh, 
so it's it's time for, you know i feel a lot of this stuff's kind of passed me by i'm 73 years old and uh, i think i've done all i can do and i'm ready to move on to something else but it is a rapidly changing business well the city's going to miss you and i hope you will certainly continue to participate as a great citizen well we know you have a dedicated bench on the great lawn on waterfront park and it was dedicated you to you well that's the least we can do so you're moving on a little bit you say just another chapter in your life uh, Tell us a little about a little bit about your family. You're a grandfather and known to be a wonderful, loving dad and granddad. Well, you're very kind. Thank you. Uh, I've been married to the, the same woman, Becky, for uh, 45 years, about the time I moved here, in fact. And uh, got two daughters. One is uh, works for the local court system, and the other is a teacher at uh, in an English language school in Seoul, Korea. And mm. they're both single. But uh, two and a half years ago, my younger daughter, Sarah, who lives in Seoul, uh, adopted an Ethiopian baby at the time. And he is now going to be three years old in a couple of weeks. And his name is Theo. And I love him dearly. And uh, he's smart as a firecracker. And uh, he's my pride and joy. And uh, he'll be home at Christmas for a couple of weeks and again next summer. And uh, I look forward to spending as much time with him as I can. Well, he's going to be a lucky grandson. I can see that. You, uh, you're a big bridge player. Everybody knows that. One of the most accomplished uh, at the game. Uh, where'd you pick up that skill? Well, I played in college, uh, like everybody else did back then. Uh, but bridge is kind of like newspapers. Uh, if you're young, you don't do either anymore. So uh, it's a uh, it's a good game. I I've played socially for many years, off and on, and I've in the last 15 years or so, I've been playing duplicate bridge, which uh, is a little more competitive. There's a club where we they have games every day, and I try and play two or three times a week, and it keeps your mind uh, fertile, and uh, I enjoy it greatly, and I would recommend it to anybody who likes a little bit of a challenge. Well, I read somewhere last week, you know, about the techniques of staying fresher as you get older, and they said bridge is the probably the best way to keep the mind agile. I would agree with that. Why is that? Well, it uh, it's challenging and stimulating. It makes you think. Uh, Plus, there is a you know there's a social side to it. You get to get to engage in uh, political discussions with uh, the people you're playing with and playing against, and uh, you know you you create friends and enemies in a cordial atmosphere. Well, you talked about intelligence and keeping your intelligence. Uh, you had a tremendous uh, career in public service for our country, serving in the army specifically. You were an intelligence officer. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, I. Got out of college uh, when the Vietnam War was raging, and like every other person, I wasn't real crazy about being an infantry person and being a rifleman in the rice paddies. So I went to uh, infantry OCS, and uh, after a year of training, I got to be a military intelligence officer commissioned in the Army, and uh, I had a good time. I was fortunate not to go to Vietnam. I was uh, assigned uh, to a couple of stateside duties and ended up being uh, serving at uh, seven or eight months at the American Embassy in Tehran and also well, a short stay in Turkey. And then I got out and I worked in uh, my hometown paper, Fort Wayne, Indiana, for three years before I came to Louisville. Well, we're two days after Veterans Day, so happy Veterans Day to you and thank you for your service. Thank you. I'm just going to run through a list of name of elected leaders that you've covered over the years and why don't you share a few thoughts about them, starting with Mayor Harvey Sloan. Well, uh, 
we could lump all these together maybe and uh, save a little time. Uh, they all obviously did a lot uh, to forward the progress of the community, I think. I mean, some focused on things more than others, but, I mean, how can you, uh, you know, Harvey, for instance, was uh, both mayor for two terms and he was a county judge for a term. Uh, I think a lot of these people deserve credit for uh, merging government. I think mm -hmm. that was a thing that when I was, I spent a lot of my career covering the courthouse, Jefferson Fiscal Court, uh, and those were interesting times for a reporter, but probably not the most uh, profitable time for the community because the city and the county were two separate organizations with two separate missions. But uh, so they they became competitive, and it was silly for uh, you know the city to try and get the tax money generated by a new development, take that away from the county. They finally did sign a compact. I forget the exact year it was. I think it was in the late '80s, where they signed a what they called a compact that uh, created a, a time for sharing tax revenues as to where any new business landed and also ended what was a, a long time history of very bitter fights and disputes over related to annexation where the mm -hmm. city would try and annex uh, the lucrative portions of the county. And uh, it just got into uh, deep, legal battles were very expensive with a lot of attorney fees and that sort of thing. And that finally all settled. You know, it didn't end really until merger in, uh, in 2003. And uh, it made a, before merger, it made it very interesting to, to be the Jefferson County Courthouse reporter because there was so much uh, animosity going on. I mean, Mitch McConnell, who was a Republican, uh, dealt with three Democratic commissioners throughout his uh, uh, and Rebecca Jackson also faced the same situation where she was uh, kind of saddled by three Democratic commissioners. But, it, you know, it was an interesting time for a reporter, but uh, it was probably not the most conducive uh, to cooperative government. Talk a little bit about the dynamics of the merger of the city and county. You had Mayor Abramson, of course, who was out of office then. You had Mayor Armstrong uh, in office, uh, County, Judge, County Judge Executive uh, Rebecca Jackson. So, a lot of both personal dynamics and political dynamics went into making that happen. That must have been fascinating to watch. What are, what are some of your biggest memories from that? Well, I think I remember uh, Dave Armstrong, may he rest in peace. Uh, I think he, he called uh, Rebecca Jackson, uh, I think, I, what was it he called? I can't even remember exactly. He said that they were blood brother and sister practically. And uh, there was a lot. Uh, it, it, I was surprised when the merger passed, frankly. Uh, a couple other efforts uh, uh, many years before had failed on fairly close votes, and uh, I wouldn't bet the bank that this one would have passed, but it, but it did pass, and I think people just finally got fed up of uh, uh, the head-knocking and the bickering and the, and the uh, wasteful. Uh, I mean, it was really a waste of money to have two police departments, two Two of everything, really, mm -hmm. pretty much, except uh, the one or two agencies like the health department that were consolidated. Uh, again, the the controversy and the bickering made it an interesting time for to be a reporter. But again, it was not the bottom line was it was not good for the community. Yeah, no, it was interesting, you know, to see uh, both the mayor and the county judge then at that time say, you know, merger is more important than their individual offices and. 
and they kind of relegated their their power, if you will, to a greater good. So it's impressive looking at that. Our city's become a lot more global uh, since you came to the city. Any observations on that as, as you've seen Louisville become increasingly international? Well, uh, I would point out that uh, I've always enjoyed uh, going to your World Fest press conferences because they give out free food. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it is obvious that we do have an awful lot of uh, uh, foreign-born citizens in this community. Uh, I think it does add to the diversity. You can, When my grandson was home last uh, summer, we went to every park we could find to try to entertain him. And, uh, no, you know, even going to malls like Oxmoor has a playground area. And uh, I was always kind of taken back by the uh, amount of foreign people that were just in different places, at the parks, at the malls, in the stores. And you'd see a lot of Muslims. You'd see a lot of Asians. Uh, you'd see, obviously, a lot of African Americans. Uh, and it it just kind of struck me to to notice the diversity of the community. And I, I don't think I saw that 30 or 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it makes us uh, better. How about I'm sitting here as the mayor of Louisville. Give me some advice. Find a place for that Louisville clock. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, so you're, you're stepping aside from something that's been your life, and you are well-known in this city. Uh, your byline is going to be missed. Are you ready to move on, or are you just you're reminiscing right now? What, what are the feelings that you have here? You're in your last week at a place, and you're an icon in the city. What goes through your, your mind and your heart? Well, I think I'm overrated, but other than that, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go. I, th- I think I've done as much as I need to do, as much as, I don't know, I could probably, uh, I've got some health issues. It's kind of embarrassing to go to a press conference and uh, have to take a launcher out of your trunk to make sure you can sit down and don't have to stand up for 20 minutes. Uh but other than that, I, I, I think I'm really ready to spend some time with my family and do some things, maybe play some bridge, maybe travel a little bit. Uh, and, uh, uh, and again, I, again, the industry is changing so fast, it's hard for me at my age to keep up with it. And I think I'm ready to, as you say, move on to something else. What do you think you're going to miss about the job? Well, it's, you know, I, I have never not worked, and it's uh, – it's gonna it's gonna be different. I think I need to uh, work with my wife on. Uh, we'll stay it out of her hair for one thing, but uh, you know I'll give you a chance to travel, to read, to play some bridge, and uh, enjoy some of the things that I maybe haven't had the time to do that uh, that I will have to have time to do now. Well, your sense of humor is uh, known throughout the community as being a little unusual. Uh, some people would say you're known for your bad jokes. Uh, why don't we end this episode with a little Sheldon Schaefer humor? Well, it seems like an invisible man and an invisible woman got married, and their children were not much to look at. Well, on that, Sheldon, uh, you have been a lot to look at over the <laughs> well, years. Thank you very much. And as you hit the road, moving on to the next chapter in your life, and you've got a lot left to give, uh, both our city and our country. We'll look forward well, to that you. next chapter. and. Really just want to say thank you so, so much for everything you've done for this great city of Louisville. God bless you.
Well, thank you, and I just want to thank all the coworkers that uh, that I've spent spent the years with, and uh, they've helped me a lot. And uh, I wish you and your administration well, and thank you again for talking to me. Sheldon Schaefer. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Mayor Greg Fisher Podcast. You can subscribe through Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or whatever your podcast distributor of choice may be. And if you'd like to follow the mayor, it's not easy. He's in constant motion. But you can do it on social media through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thanks for listening to the Mayor Greg Fisher Podcast. Well, one of my all-time favorites is about the guy who walked into a bar with a big slab of concrete on his shoulder. And uh, he said, give me one for the road. Mm. And for and the, the cringeworthy. Yes. Uh, uh.